Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Ewing, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour's talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here is your host, Jim Manfredonia. A very, very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy for me to be here with you as the Lord allows us and blesses us with this time together every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, live at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And I have to say that now because uh, we do reach so many other parts of the globe, uh, and I know we do because we have. We were so thrilled by our friend down in New actually two friends down in New Zealand who are <laughs> watching and listening and asking for prayer cards and things. So what a great thing this is that God allows us this opportunity. And I'm so happy you're here today, my friend, on this Wednesday, uh, October 21st, 2020, uh, thanking you for being a part of my day. It's been a, uh, uh, you know, already here we are, 21st of October. We're uh, just a couple of months away from a new year. <laughs> I think we're all ready for a new year. A lot of prayer needed right now, though. Oh, boy, there's so much going on, isn't there? And uh, I'll share just some thoughts with you after we pray. But let's do that first. Uh, it is Wednesday, and um, uh, we're going to pray our prayer for our country, as we've been doing since uh, the summer, and um, you know, uh, less than two weeks now. Election Day, where we're going to be asked to make uh, decisions on the direction this country goes. And um, as I said yesterday, and as we've been saying, as you know, we must vote with a well-formed Catholic conscience. Uh, something else, too, uh, came out this, uh, this day, um, early today, on a documentary on uh, Pope Francis. So I just want to make a little comment about that. Maybe you're reading about that. Um, but anyway, let's pray first. Let's let's begin, my friends, remembering all of your intentions uh, in your prayers. Thanks for your prayers for us here, for me too. Well, you know, I, I uh, almost two weeks ago, I just I don't know what I did to my back, but it uh, certainly aggravated uh, sciatica. <laughs> Not a pleasant thing. Um, I have my good days and my bad days, uh, but I am seeing a chiropractor, so that helps. Um, but keep praying because it's uh, nothing more. Oh my goodness, the, the uh, pain is sometimes uh, just shooting sharp pain. Uh, but anyway, we'll get through it as always. We get through everything only with the Lord's help. So thank you for those prayers. Um, and again, pray for all of your intentions, all of our family of listeners and viewers. And if you are uh, tuned in at 4:03 on this October 20th on one of our radio stations, we're also coming to you live. Uh, a video today uh, on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash domestic church media. Uh, also live a video on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash domestic church media. And also live video streaming as well as live audio streaming both on our uh, homepage at domesticchurchmedia.org. And of course we do uh, come to you on uh, the home speaker devices, the Amazon Echo or Google, Google Home device just to play domestic church media. Um, 
And also, of course, our free mobile app. Boy, you have to download this. It's, uh, it's uh, just so much on the app. It's so easy to use, and you have all things domestic church media, both audio and video, archive programs, archive video, but so many uh, other uh, apps and information available to you. Uh, the readings of the day, uh, liturgy of the hours, saint of the day, I mean, all kinds of beautiful. The entire catechism is there. The entire uh, uh, Holy Bible is there. Uh, all on one app, and it's free. You don't charge you. You can just download it for free. Just go to your app store and, and uh, search for Domestic Church Media and download the app. But now, let's come together in prayer, my friend, wherever uh, you are listening or watching from. Uh, let's unite our hearts and minds as one, raise them to the Lord, and begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in Heaven, who shows Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse. God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother. In union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary... Have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy, born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners on all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our Mother, patroness of our land, we praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we pray uh, to St. Michael the Archangel and also the beautiful ancient prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Subtum Presidium Prayer, as Holy Father asks us to pray to protect the church from the attacks of the devil. And also, my brothers and sisters, we've added the intention to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. And our a prayer to our, our Blessed Mother, we pray, we fly to thy protection, O Holy Mother of God, do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you. Pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my friends, as always, thanking you for praying together as family as we come together. And don't forget now, uh, we still, you know, the election, again, although it's uh, less than two weeks away now, we're still praying for our country and uh, if you have requested, you certainly are invited to request more, if you'd like. Uh, and if you have not yet requested, we'd love to send you some of these prayer cards, the prayer I just prayed, which is a prayer, by the way, um, 
some people have asked, you know, where the prayer came from. It's it's a prayer that was prayed in 1959 uh, at the dedication of the uh, national uh, the shrine of the National Basilica of the Immaculate Conception in, in Washington D.C. When they opened uh, that beautiful uh, basilica back in 1959, they prayed this prayer and had the the uh, approval, the imprimatur of the Archbishop of Washington at the time. Um, and you may have also heard it being prayed when uh, EWTN was praying their Rosary Novena uh, earlier this month. They were praying this prayer as well. So uh, a very powerful prayer. And, and the Knights of Columbus actually were, were promoting it uh, four years ago before the last election. So praying to our Blessed Mother in this prayer, especially under the title of, our, of the Immaculate Conception, uh, as the patroness of our land, and, and uh, certainly uh, we want to see, I still believe, I don't know in what way it's going to manifest itself, but I still do believe that come election day and night and the days that follow, but especially election night, I do believe we're going to see a manifestation of divine intervention like we've never seen before. I don't know what that's going to be and in what form it's going to take. But I do believe we're going to see it. Uh, so let's keep praying, you know, let's, uh, the faithful people of God. All we want is for this country to exist with the blessing of God. We ask that. We say it in our, 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 you know, in God we trust, on our currency and our national motto. We pray that uh, our Heavenly Father look down upon this land and bless this land. Yes, in many ways over the years uh, our country has turned her back on God. But I do believe that the majority of people in this country are good, holy, faithful people who want to live according to God's will and uh, under the Judeo-Christian principles upon which this country was founded. And so the faithful remnant that are praying regularly and fervently, as so many rosaries being prayed, so many prayers being prayed uh, all over the land, that we know that God can't and won't turn his back on his people. He will protect his people. And so we keep praying, and we mustn't give up, especially these last 13 days leading up to the election. Because there is evil out there, my brothers and sisters, you know that. There is uh, evil uh, beyond even our, our understanding, you know, I think, but it's manifesting itself in many ways. So anyway, before we move on, do order your prayer cards. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org. And up on the top of the uh, homepage there, there are different links. And one says prayer. Just place your cursor over the word prayer. And a little menu pops down. And you can just click then on the prayer for the United States of America. And we'll be happy to send them out to you. We can do one more mailing. I guess that we can do before the election. Uh, so take advantage of it. They're ours to you for free. We don't charge you for them. And even though we are finding ourselves sometimes in... Uh, financial straits, I just felt compelled earlier this, this year that the Lord, and he would provide, that he would take care of us, and we just ordered them and get them out. Um, so, uh, that being said, uh, you know, we had scheduled back in the first week in April, April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, our Radiothon 2020, which did not happen. We certainly felt at the time, and it was a, the right decision, that in the middle of the pandemic, uh, we certainly didn't want to have our Radiothon because you, our family of listeners and viewers, had many other concerns besides our Radiothon. We understand that. Uh, so we, po we we didn't have it. We postponed it. Uh, 
However, we have decided to have the Radiothon in December, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. That's that's obviously the first week in December, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, the 2nd, 3rd, and 4th of December, um, to help us. You know, throughout the radio, uh, throughout the pandemic, my brothers and sisters, you know, you know, as things shut down, as people were quarantined and socially distanced and masked and, and shuttered in, uh, even our churches were locked up. We were here. We never shut down. We did everything possible to ensure that these broadcasts continued to go out to you. Uh, in many ways, for many people, I was just going through some mail that I've saved over the past few months. Uh, so many people expressed their thanksgiving that we were here, especially during those dark days when everything was shutting down. Now, yes, everything's beginning to open up. Still not the same. But remember what we did uh, when that happened. You know, when, when you were not able to get to your church because it was locked, we offered more masses during the day. We broadcast mass at 8 o'clock noon and 7 o'clock at night. We added rosary at 3 o'clock. We added rosaries uh, to be prayed. And we, we, we did everything possible to keep you connected to our faith. And we've been discussing it. And, and uh, we had a, a meeting uh, the other day uh, by conference call with my core Radiothon team. Wonderful, wonderful people uh, who are coming together to help us do this. That And we all just kind of felt the image of, of, of a lighthouse, you know, guiding the faithful into safe harbor during the storm that was and is 2020. And we, we But because we had to postpone our Radiothon, which every year represents about 42 to 45 percent of our annual operating budget, we didn't get that, obviously, in the spring. And we have found ourselves over the past few months falling short in our financial needs. So uh, I just bring that out to you that we want to keep this light shining for years to come, this beautiful light of the gospel here on, on the radio and on all the other platforms that I've mentioned that you know we were available on now. But as a nonprofit, commercial free apostolate, we completely and totally depend on you, our family of listeners and viewers. So we're going to have the Radiothon December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And I'm just inviting you, please, as an end-of-year um, gesture, won't you please prayerfully consider making domestic church media the recipient of your generosity. We do need you, because if we don't succeed, and whatever success that might be, I, we're still praying about it and where the Lord wants us to go with this. Um, I don't know how far into 2021 we can go without that financial uh, sustenance. So please pray about that. Uh, there's such a great need for this, especially, I believe, you know, even now as we approach the election, and Lord knows what's going to happen after the election one way or another. We're a very divided nation. We're very divided in many ways. And, and uh, the sad part of that division is that there's one section of the country that believes the only way to deal with their, um, uh, what do you want to call it? <laughs> they're, they're not being able to get their way is through violence. 
and, and the, the horrible violence that we've seen over the summer. And, and uh, So anyway, we're going to keep praying. Keep praying. Now, I do want to mention very quickly here, um, there, there is a um, film, documentary film, that came out, uh, I guess, very recently. I'm not quite sure. Uh, let me just pull up the, uh, the article here if I can. Um, I didn't have this particular article in front of me, but I'll do it real quick and pull it up on my little tablet here. Um, a film called Francesco. And it's a documentary on the Holy Father, of course. And in this film, it premiered uh, today in Rome. Today's Wednesday, right? Premiered in Rome. Uh, there is a section where the Holy Father on film um, called for the passage of civil union laws for same-sex couples, according to this film. Now, what I'm going to say is this. You know, I've always been, and you know, I've always been a defender of Pope Francis. I've shared, I share with you his writings, his teachings, which, you know, they're, I mean, majority of them are, are very, very clear and right in line with the teaching of the church. But what I want to say about this is, number one, we have to look at it, certainly at face value, it's disturbing. I find it disturbing, very disturbing at face value. However, it just premiered today. This is brand new. Uh, there's not been any official statement from the Vatican regarding this. But I, I do say this. It's a documentary film, and documentary films are edited, and they're put together in certain ways to get across a certain point. If this is said the way the Holy Father is said you have said it on, on film here, we have to understand the context before we make judgment. Now, as I said, at face value, it's very disturbing. The quote in the film, Pope Francis said homosexuals have a right to be part of the family. Then he said they're children of God and have a right to a family. Nobody should be thrown out or be made miserable because of it. But again, what I'm saying is, is that this is a documentary film. And I know in media that we've been sharing, you know, media can, can manipulate. You can film somebody saying certain things or record somebody saying certain things and then edit it to make it come out with a totally different meaning. I'm not saying that's the case here, but what I'm saying is, before we all jump to judgment, let's let it settle down. Let's see the official statement that comes out of the Vatican and see what is said before we get the torches and pitchforks and decide we're going to go, you know, chase down this Pope. That's my point. I'm not defending it. What I'm saying is I want to see complete context, and I want to see what, what the official statement from Rome is on this particular um, snippet of a, of a total documentary. 
that's my opinion. That's that's again not defending. As I said, at face value, it's very disturbing. But let's before we jump to judgment, be sure that that's exactly what was said in that context, and not because, as I said, I know as as a, as a media person, you can certainly be very manipulative with audio or video uh, or, and, and change it to make someone appear to be saying something that he or she didn't didn't really say. So, you know, that's a, 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 this is a tough We live in such a confusing, divided world. It is even, you know, I think about, as, as we were praying the prayer, you know, I, I, we, you know the Holy Father, Pope, Pope Francis, over two years ago, asked us to pray to St. Michael the Archangel every day. He also asked us to pray to the Blessed Mother uh, with the beautiful ancient prayer, the Subtum Praesidium prayer, which that we pray with the specific intention of protecting the church from the attacks of the devil. And as we were praying that today, I was thinking of our Lord's word that a house divided against itself can't stand. We can demonize Pope Francis based on certain information that we get from the media and from various sites. <laughs> now, there are some out there, including... Raymond's Posse, and including Church Militant, and including LifeSite News, some of these sites and websites and individuals who obviously don't like the Pope. And I've never said that before, but I'm feeling compelled to say it today. I just like to take things, the entire picture, before we jump to judgment, that's all. That's all I say. And as I said, this is at face value, it's, it's, it's very disturbing that this, it, it, there's, no, there's no defense for that in this. But let's hear what this is not, you know, this, 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 this documentary is not an official Vatican documentary. It didn't come from the Vatican. It came from an individual filmmaker. And so, as I said, whether it be film or video or audio, it can be manipulated. They edit, they edit, they they cut, they chop, they put together. Um, that's all I say. That's all I say. I think it's uh, it's part of the. You know, but I just think, why why would this man, this this holy father, ask us every day to pray to Saint Michael the Archangel and the Blessed Mother to protect us against the attacks of the devil, if he himself was doing the devil's work? It doesn't 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 jive with me. But then again, this is me. Forgive me. I don't mean to be offensive to anybody. I'm just trying to be fair in all in all ways. So, let's do this. Let's go to a recent poll. Oh, by the way, tomorrow is uh, the feast day of St. Pope John Paul II. So, we'll, tomorrow we'll spend our day uh, sharing some uh, writings and sayings of, of, of St. Pope John Paul. But uh, interesting, this poll was sent to me. It was in the uh, Catholic News Agency website. Um, young adults, more likely than older Catholics, accept all of church teaching. I found this very, very interesting. A new survey released this week uh, found that one in five Catholic likely voters say they accept everything the church teaches 
with young adults being more likely than older generations to say they agree with Catholic doctrine. Now, I would have thought it would have been the other way around, right? A real clear opinion research in partnership with EW10 uh, conducted the poll, surveying uh, almost 1,500 likely voters who identify as Catholic. It's the fourth in a series of surveys of Catholics over this year. The poll asked Catholic likely voters about their religious beliefs and practices. Answers from respondents on questions such as the importance of faith in their life and their frequency of prayer are consistent with answers in previous polls in the series. One significant shift in the data is an increase in young adult Catholics who say they believe everything the Catholic Church teaches. 25% of 18- to 34-year-olds in the latest survey said they accept everything the church teaches compared to 21% of those 35 to 54 and only 16% of those 55 and older. I, I find this very interesting. Uh, sad, because it should be 100% across the board if you consider yourself Catholic. Um, previous survey done earlier this year in January and February asked the Catholic registered voters in this, the same question, found that 17% of young Catholics, uh, I'm sorry, adult, young adult Catholics said they accept everything the church teaches with 19% of older age groups saying the same. Overall, 88% of respondents said religion is important in their life, including 50% who said it was very important, and more than 8 in 10 respondents of all ages, races, and genders agreed that religion is important to them. I, 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 you know, interesting, but as I said, I find it also disturbing that such a small percentage of people who call themselves Catholic believe in everything the church teaches. You know, which brings us to another point, as I'm thinking, uh, talking about this, you know, the, the, getting back to Pope Francis. Um, Pope Francis has, in his writings and in his uh, expression, um, talked a lot about the environment, climate change. These are opinions of Pope Francis, not official church teaching. You know, uh, regarding climate change and 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 uh, um, capitalism and things like that, where you know he's always spoken out against greed and and uh, an overaccumulation of goods, and uh, people take that as being a, you know more of a socialist point of view. These are his opinions. They're, it's not official doctrine of the church. There's nothing that he's officially, but he's expressing himself. I don't agree with all of it. I don't agree. I don't agree with the, 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 you know some of that. But I, I was interesting. I was, I was reading a, um, a a speech by Pope Benedict from 2005 when he came to this country just after having been elected pope, and he was speaking at the United Nations and he defended climate change in the speech. Pope Benedict, but nobody made an issue of it. So anyway, when we talk about church teaching. We're talking about faith and morals and the official teaching of the church regarding, uh, you know, just go through the catechism. <laughs> that's, that's where we need to be going. Um, but, you know, if, even if these, these people who were surveyed, almost 1,500 of them, 
that only 16% of those surveyed who consider themselves Catholic, only 16% believe and accept everything the church teaches. That's a small percentage. Well, you calling yourself Catholic? We, you know, it's not easy <laughs> uh, living uh, as a Catholic. We let things weigh us down, but it's very easy, and we're at, we're free if we really adhere to what the church teaches, because that's what she teaches for. She teaches to to make us free in this world, free from 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 sin and and, and error and bad judgment and bad choices. But only 16% of 55 and older? I would think it would be the other way around. I think the closer you get to the exit ramp, <laughs> you might start saying, I'd better start practicing my faith a little bit more uh, fervently. Because I'm coming to the toll booth. <laughs> right? I, but that certainly says a lot, and it, says, it certainly says a lot about the current culture. You know, Catholics make up over 60 million in this country. Over 60 million Catholics in the United States. Could you imagine if every all 60-plus million of these Catholics lived our faith the way we should and made decisions and choices based on our well-formed Catholic consciences and based on these beautiful teachings of Jesus Christ. What a different country this would be. What a different world this would be. But if only uh, um, 25% of 18 to 34-year-olds or 21% of 35 to 54-year-olds or 16% of 55 and older believe everything the church teaches, and the others are basically doing what they want, one way or another, that's disturbing. Okay, I'll take a break. When I come back, my friends, something by Paul Harvey from 1965. You probably heard it, but I thought I wanted to share it with you on If I Were the Devil. Stay where you are. More to come on Come to Me. wanted to use your gift of prayer to share Jesus with others and build up the body of Christ? Start a public prayer station with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Listen to people's needs, pray with them, or invite them to meet you at church. St. Paul Street Evangelization can help you get started. Find out how at streetevangelization.com. That's streetevangelization.com. 
Want to work a virtual miracle for your church or charity? Here's something so brilliant yet so simple and meaningful, you have to check it out. It's an internet site called GoodShop.com. GoodShop.com has created a way that lets you support any charity of your choice, and it costs you nothing. The good news is, 700 of the largest internet retailers, stores you already visit online, have teamed up with GoodShop.com to give back a percentage of every purchase you make to your favorite cause. Before you buy anything online, go to GoodShop.com, select the charity you care about most, and then click over to your favorite store. Shop as you normally would, pay nothing extra, and a donation will be made to your favorite charity. It's that easy. Visit GoodShop.com today and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity, and a portion of your Internet purchase will be donated to Domestic Church Media and enable us to continue to bring you outstanding Catholic radio. That's GoodShop.com, and designate Domestic Church Media as your favorite charity. GoodShop.com. 60 Seconds with Mother Angelica. We need to pray for the gift of knowledge. Not just knowledge of our fall, but knowledge of God. Do you know God? Or is he just somebody that you go to when you're in trouble? This gift of knowledge is a certain amount of detachment. Oh, we don't want to hear about that, do you? We're attached to everything. Little things, silly things, chairs. Don't sit in my chair. Why? Because it just fits me. It doesn't fit you. You're too fat. (laughs) Well, if you ever said that to somebody, you're attached to what? A chair. You can be attached to God, and you can love everybody. You can love your children and love your parents and love even your enemies. But attachments take the soul out of your heart. The people you know and trust are on EWTN. Here is Mother Angelica speaking about Catholic Radio. There's six billion people, and we've got to reach them all. It's people like you, radio stations like your own. And we hope sincerely that people will support you because we need Catholic Radio. We need Catholic television. And if we don't have it, we shall answer to God for that. Because we are bound by our Baptist to spread the good word. We're bound by that. Won't you help us spread the good word by praying for us and by making a tax-deductible gift payable to Domestic Church Media? P.O. Box 7509, Trenton, 08628. Or by going to our website, wfjs.org, and making a secure online donation using your Visa or MasterCard. Please contact us today. God love you. We need Catholic Radio. We are bound by our baptism to spread the good word. From Yardley to Yardville. Seagirt to Foxwood. Matawan to Manalapan. From Lakewood to Long Branch. Asbury Park to Adelphia. Morrisville to Marlboro. Domestic Church Catholic Radio. Proclaiming Jesus Christ in the new springtime of the church. <laughs> Welcome back on this lovely October 21st, 2020. Uh, I'm praying, my brothers and sisters, that you are staying safe and well and keeping your spirits up. You know, it's been a rough, rough year, hasn't it? You know, this is like, as I said, you know, we're, we're going to be having our radiothon on December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And in our meeting we had uh, earlier this week, our conference call, 
with my core Radiothon team, wonderful, wonderful uh, people who do such great things, you know, the apostolate in so many ways. Um, to get the word out about the Radiothon, the need we have, and, and again, the image of a lighthouse kept coming to us. Uh, to guide our listeners and viewers to safe harbor, you know, in those dark, especially the very dark days when everything was shut, including our churches, couldn't get to Mass, couldn't get to the sacraments. Yet, the virus and the pandemic couldn't stop the gospel from being proclaimed on these stations and all the formats and uh, platforms that we use. And, you know, as, as things continue to move forward, as I said, you know, we've... If you weren't just joining me, the, the, the article or the documentary that came out this morning in Rome uh, called Francesco about the Holy Father with some comments in there that he made about what seems to be a promotion or an acceptance of same-sex unions. Um, that is very disturbing if that's at face, you know, face value. But again, I, I just always say, you know, because I, I myself, in this, in this work that I do, you know, you get yourself, you're out in the public and you say something one way or say it another way. You didn't mean to say it that way or it comes across the wrong way. And people can get upset and, and, and take things out of context. I understand all that. Uh, we're called at least to be fair in our, and not to be judgmental without having everything in front of us. And I don't think, I, I think this is just, you know, I think this this documentary just came out this morning, um, and of course the headlines right away are, are out there, but you, you want to at least take a step back, and as I said, at face value, it's disturbing. I'll be the first one to say, it. I always tell people, you know, I, I, I've always been a, a, a defender of Holy Father Pope Francis, but I will be the first one to say, if, if anything against faith or morals is taught, or, or heresy, I'll be the first one to say, it. But, but let's let's not jump the gun, as some people do, and they will, and have. Let's just be, be, be fair and just. That's our, that's, that's our call as, as true disciples of Jesus, to be fair and just, to get all the facts and understand, you know, the context. But let it, let it not divide us. That's the point. We need to be united in our faith. And I, I do believe Bishop Sheen said it many years ago, that it will be the lay people who will save the church, not the bishops or the cardinals or the priests, but the lay people. And so we have to be united. Don't let the devil divide us over things like this. We need to be fair and just, charitable. You know, all, all the, the quality that our Lord requires of us as his disciples. So be careful. Just be careful. I will always share truth with you. I promise you that. I will always share truth. I won't, I don't, I don't put spin on anything. I just want to just give you the facts, but in a, in a fair and just way. Now, that being said, um, Back in 1965, April 3rd, 1965, many of you people my age and older, because I do remember listening to Paul Harvey on the radio. He was a wonderful uh, ABC radio commentator, always had wonderful insights, 
And there actually is a recording of this. I didn't, I'm not going to play the recording. I'll read it myself. But there is a recording of Paul Harvey reading this over the air. He, he, he wrote this, and he broadcast it in April of 1965. Now, again, uh, thinking back to 1965, more innocent times, right? I'm thinking back to 1965, the mid-60s. Pretty simple times, you know. We didn't have all the distractions of technology and, uh, you know, things were changing. Rock and roll had made its way into the psyche of the uh, American teenager and the Beatles were at their heyday. And, uh, you know, so things were changing. But, you know, as I recall, pretty pretty calm. We still had a good, solid mid-America attitude, you know, <laughs> But this is what Paul Harvey wrote in 1965, called If I Were the Devil. He wrote, if I were the devil, I mean if I were the prince of darkness, I would of course want to engulf the whole earth in darkness. I would have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population but I would not be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree. So I should set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I would begin with a campaign of whispers, with the wisdom of a serpent. I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper, the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide what is bad is good, and what is good is square. In the ears of young marrieds, I would whisper that work is debasing, that Cocktail parties are good for you. I would caution them not to be extreme in religion, in patriotism, in moral conduct. And the old, I would teach to pray. I would teach them to say after me, Our Father, which art in Washington. If I were the devil... I'd educate authors how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull or uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. And then, if I were the devil, I'd get organized. I'd infiltrate unions and urge more loafing and less work because idle hands usually work for me. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. And I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions. Let those run wild. I would designate an atheist to front for me before the highest courts in the land 
And I would get preachers to say, she's right. With flattery and promises of power, I could get the courts to rule what I construe as against God and in favor of pornography, and thus I would evict God from the courthouse and then from the schoolhouse and then from the houses of Congress and then in his own churches I would substitute psychology for religion and I would deify science because that way men would become smart enough to create super weapons but not wise enough to control them. If I were Satan, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I would take from those who have and I would give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And then my police state would force everybody back to work. Then I could separate families, putting children in uniform, women in coal mines, and objectors in slave camps. In other words, if I were Satan, I'd just keep on doing what he's doing. So that was Paul Harvey that he wrote and broadcast in April of 1965. Fifty-five years ago. And look where we are today, my brothers and sisters. Look where we are today. You know, I watch the news like you. I listen. You know, we all have our favorite sources of information. And as I said earlier, being in media, I know how manipulative media can be. You know, if you only have one or two sources of information, your opinion on anything or anyone is going to be based on what you know to be true, based on what your source of information has told you. If you have a friend or a relative and their regular source of information is CNN, or MSNBC, their opinion of our political system, our government, our representatives, our senators, congressmen, and our president would be different than those whose main source of information was Fox News. I mean, it's a fact. Think about it. I, I, I've often thought, you know, I have, uh, you know, I mean, let's, let's be honest. I'm not going to fool around. I'm too old to fool around anymore. Uh, I, my, my main source of information is Fox News, and I also found a, a, a site called uh, Newsmax, which is even more in line with, with my particular points of view and conservatism when I want to watch news. And I'll watch the local news, too, but, it, you know, as, a, as an affiliate of some of the networks, again, very tainted, very, very uh, skewed, very, very uh, spun in one direction. But I've often thought, okay, so maybe I would challenge, and I have, you know, you have friends, uh, Facebook friends or acquaintances who are on 
the other side of the aisle, so to speak, politically, and say, look, why don't we make a deal? Why don't I give you one program to watch for an hour every night over the next week, and you give me one of your programs to watch? And let's see what we find out that we didn't know before. See how this works? Used to be that news and information from any given source was reliable. Journalism was reliable. But you see how the devil even gets into that. And sadly, my brothers and sisters, you know, in, in 1965, there weren't many sources of information. There were television, movies, newspapers, magazines, and radio. There was no internet. There was no cable news. There were no cable channels. There was no streaming uh, sites. But you see, when the devil gets into any particular aspect of life, as Paul Harvey points out here, it's going to form a culture. We are in a spiritual war. We're in a spiritual battle. We've been in a spiritual battle since uh, the devil tempted Adam and Eve and our first parents sinned. And the battle has raged on ever since. This is why our loving Father sent His Son into this world to save us from sin and death. This is why domestic church media is here. Believe me, I have a lot of improvement to be done, personally, morally, spiritually. I mean, we're fallen people. We all sin. We all fall. But in this battle, in this spiritual battle, when you read this, again, by Mr. Harvey, written 55 years ago, and you think back, this is when it not all began, but I often, I often see uh, an, an, an enormous turning point in our culture in right around this time, the mid-1960s. And I've always compared. You, you compare the year 1960 with the year 1969, and it is 180 degrees from one to the other. It really is. And it was right around this time, 1965, 66, when we began to see a major turn in attitudes and, and, and ways of life and accepting ways of life that would be considered uh, unthinkable a few years before and where that has come to now. With that all being given, and we go to our Divine Lord, and we enter into his gospel, and we see those accounts of Jesus reaching out to those, as Pope Francis would describe, on the peripheries, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the sinners, and how people looked at Jesus and scorned him for doing that. We are all called to love 
It doesn't mean that we condone any particular lifestyle. It doesn't mean we condone anyone in their sin, confirm anyone in their sin. We're still called to love. When I was watching the other night uh, a documentary on TV, I think it was Newsmax. It was on the Third Reich and Hitler. <laughs> horrible, horrible, horrible things that that man did and, and those who were in his circle. And I think, how could God love him? It's beyond our, almost beyond our human understanding. How could... How could God love that man? And I'm not defending Hitler by any means. He made his own choices. He did what he did. I guess the point here is, is that we read this piece by Paul Harvey and we see the Prince of Darkness is in every aspect of life. This is his domain. He's the prince of darkness. He's also the prince of this world. And you and I, my brothers and sisters, as members of the body of Christ, in our discipleship, are called to bring the light of Christ into this darkness, to dispel this darkness. We're in the middle of a raging spiritual war. And if we start fighting among ourselves... All the devil has to do is sit back and put his feet up and let us destroy ourselves. I've been saying this throughout the year, and I've been saying before, the past couple of years, I can't stand the division. I can't stand the polarization in our church. It, 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 it completely disheartens me. The body of Christ must be united. And the devil loves when we go at each other. And as I said, you know, whether it be a pope, a cardinal, a priest, a bishop, anybody in that type of hierarchical authority, if they err in faith and morals or, or in, in teaching heresy, or I'll be the first one to say, uh-uh. indefensible or a layperson. <laughs> not to me, anybody who's been ordained. The lay people. We are here, though, to build up the body of Christ. We're here to build up the kingdom, not tear it down. And the devil is the father of division. He's the father of lies. He's the father of deceit and deception. He's prideful. He will do whatever he can to try and tear us apart as the people of God. And we have to be very, very careful not to play into his hands. I've seen in my own work here at the Apostolate, I've seen his actions. I've seen what he has tried to do to us at times. In the long 18, 17-year history, 18-year history of domestic church media, believe me, I've seen it. I've been the victim of it at times. 
And all we want to do is just open up these airwaves to the light of the gospel. To shine that light on, and now, because of all the technology we have, around the world. To introduce people who don't know him to Jesus. To help people encounter him in a, a way like they haven't encountered him before. To enrich people in their faith to fortify them and, and their knowledge of the faith so that they can go out into the world and, and, and bring that light to others. That's why we exist here. That's why we do what we do. You know, and I come to you every day or four, three days a week on this program and on Fridays with Cheryl and all the other programs we bring you through EWTN and all the great uh, local programs that so many of our wonderful people who volunteer doing this, it, we just want to share the faith with you. We want to help you in your journey, because one day we pray, one day we'll all sit around the heavenly banquet table and reminisce about these days, and we're going to meet people there who are there because of what they heard on this station, not through any merit of my own, but through the power of the Holy Spirit and how he has worked and is working through this apostolate. We are in a spiritual battle, and it is a fierce one, and these are our weapons, my friends, the weapons uh, of prayer and, and fasting, almsgiving, the knowledge of our faith, being able to live our faith, and to be unified in our faith. Because if we allow ourselves to be divided, the devil wins. He'll take us down so fast. We have to be united. We may not always agree with each other, even in our faith. Uh, from the traditionalist to the liberals to the conservatives to the, but if we have one goal to live our faith and to help each other get to heaven that's what it's all about that's what it's all about okay tomorrow john paul too is a feast day uh it'll be uh 42 years ago tomorrow that he became john paul second so we'll talk about it tomorrow have a great rest of your day stay tuned for cresta and then catholic answers my name is jim manfredonia thanks for listening god bless you and god love you uh...